Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, June the 13th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we begin Year C, Proper Week 7, which is the second Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Monday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the Old Testament passage, which comes from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. So we find ourselves in 1 Kings chapter 19, and a little bit of a verse break up here, verses 1 through 4, and then verses 8 through 15a. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. First Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 4, and then verses 8 through 15a. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba and Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom brush, broom bush, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled forty days and forty nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he put his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. This is the word of God for us. So we officially entered into what's called ordinary time in the church lectionary year. But for a long span of time, we're going to cover some different parts of the Bible and uh, different stories. And what we will see from week to week is that we'll walk through certain passages and through certain stories of the Old Testament or New Testament. And uh, they won't be anchored together. They'll just be ways in which we can traverse the the story of God in different episodes, sometimes we're going forwards and backwards, but allows us to continue to center on some themes that we find in the uh, canon of Scripture, the teaching, the rule of Scripture. And so here we have uh, Elijah. And what's crazy is that because of uh, the verses that we picked to, uh, for this week, is that we don't get to see the successes of Elijah connected to this story. So just to backfill a little bit, 
Elijah has just had some great success, at least in his mind. He was able to round up the false prophets that had infiltrated the religious consciousness of Israel. He tested their God versus his. His God answered, and then he put all of the false prophets of Baal and Asherah to death. Okay, And so here he is. He's like kind of riding high on this victory. He's given kind of a threat, but a comfort to uh, king Ahab, who's the Ahab of Israel, uh, the king of Israel at this time. But Ahab's married to Jezebel. Jezebel is from a foreign country, and uh, they were worship false gods there. And so, what uh, we find here is that there's going to be a collision of zeal. So Elijah, of course, is, he's as you said in this passage, as we've seen in his story, he's had great zeal for God's household, and he claims that his zeal is because he's the only one of God's prophets left. Um, now he's going to. It's going to dawn upon him soon, and we'll see. I think next week, it's in its, uh, the next week's Old Testament passage that uh, God's been actually preparing for this day. So there's the zeal of Elijah, and then there's the zeal of Jezebel. Jezebel says, May gods, the gods deal with me ever so severely if your fate doesn't match the ones you just put to death the day before. And so uh, we got a zeal on one side and a zeal on the other. And I think what an interesting uh, little lesson to tease out here is we have to be be prepared for what life looks like after our success. So Elijah had this plan in mind, this call in mind to uh, make God first priority back in Israel again, had like this national repentance back to God. And it's happened. It's happened because he was able to confront the false prophets and there was a visible manifestation and a proof that God was the God of Israel. So he's got this great success. You, you and I would assume that now he's now on a high, but the moment that he gets success, he gets another challenge, right? And so there's like this subtle hint in the background, like you might like be careful of when things fall apart in your life, but also be careful when things actually go well. Like there might just be another challenge on the other side of your success. And so here, Elijah doesn't know what to do. He doesn't have a, a context for this. In his mind, in his projection, if he could just win this one battle, everything would be fine. But there's just more trouble on the other side. So the point where he runs away and he wants to hide, it's like the world's not small enough for him to get away from all of the trouble that's facing him back in Israel. And so when he actually gets to face God, he says, God, I just want you to take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Uh, they tried and failed. I think I have tried and failed too, even though he just had success, right? So he's uh, dealing with a lot of turmoil inside. So God appears for him again. I think this is a, a neat little element to this story. God proved himself through this demonstrative uh, theophany, this unveiling, this powerful and clear unveiling of God. Before Elijah and the rest at Mount Carmel, just a chapter before. But here, like these theophanies go before Elijah this time, but God is not in any of them. He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the wind blast. He's not in the fire but he's actually in a whisper that passes by and that enters into Elijah's ears. And then Elijah is overwhelmed. He goes to the mouth of the cave and he meets with God again. And I think this is what's happening. It's like a reframing for Elijah's next phase of his life. He's had this interesting formula. What it's going to take for change is for me to confront the false prophets, to win, for God to show demonstrably that he's the one in charge. And then there'll be success on the other side. But now he's run away. Now he's away from the crowds. And God doesn't speak through the big theophany, the big laser light show. He actually speaks to him in a very still, small voice. It's almost like 
like uh, what happens oftentimes in some martial arts uh, systems where someone who's testing for the black belt, they actually have to wear the white belt for a week or so to remind them of where they've come from. It's almost like God's saying, hey, I'm, I'm still with you. Be reminded uh, that, that at the beginning of this journey, it started with a whisper. It started with me speaking to you. And it doesn't have to go the way that you plan it to go. But I'm still with you, so let's go on the next step of the journey. Maybe some of us are, are like that right now. We've had success, and uh, we've gotten to the other side of that success, that maybe some hard work or maybe a long waiting period. We feel like once we got there, there'd be like a big vista, but there's just another rocky climb to climb, right? And we, we are dismayed, and maybe we're not at the place where Elijah was, where he's like, I just, the world's too small. I cannot face this. Just rid me of the earth. Like, you know, Elijah is saying that. We're, we're not there, but we're saying, I don't know what's going to happen next. This is not... This is not uh, coming together like I thought, nor do I feel like I, was, I felt like I was going to feel on the other side of the success here. So what's next? Maybe what God wants us to do is to, like Elijah, go back to the start and but break it down once again. Get back to the fundamentals. Build from there. And then God will begin to reveal what his next steps are for our life from that place. So with that in mind, we'll spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for a new day. We thank you for a new start. We thank you that being Christian means being born again. And many times it's being born again and again and again. God, we confess to you this day that we have a lot to learn and we have a lot to lean upon you for. And so as we start this new week and this new day, God, you know all of our needs. We lay them before you and we're grateful that we can come to you, that we're not abandoned, that we're not on our own. God, we resonate with Elijah. Uh, where When life gets turned upside down, we feel like uh, we don't have a context. We don't have a map for where to go next and what to do. And so God, it comes with great despair. But we thank you that because Jesus is raised from the dead, that we've overcome the world. We've overcome the troubles of the world. And so even though they're very real and very pressing in our lives, I pray that you would speak a lasting word, uh, the better word over our lives, and that we'd be animated with hope and trust and not despair and discomfort. And so God, this day, I pray that you would build us up and that you would allow us to uh, be united in faith and uh, walk closely with you. And I pray that as we do so, we'd be empowered for the deeds of this day and the days ahead. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>